Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Dope Black Women Podcast. Hey, I'm Zakia, and I'm the founder of Mindwalk Yoga, and I'm taking over the Dope Black Women podcast today to talk to you about mental health and how yoga can empower us to better understand and manage our mental health. So, my mission with Mindwalk Yoga is to address the inequity in mental health services by providing accessible yoga for mental wellness. Our aim is to empower everyone with practices to get to know their mental health better, and specifically black women, and we need this. In the UK, black women are more likely to experience anxiety and depression than any other group, and we're less likely to access intervention treatment and more likely to access mental health care when we become critical. So we need to be aware of this, and we need to talk about our mental health more And we need to talk about holistic therapies like yoga more. So I've been teaching yoga for around about 10 years. And I've been practicing for a lot longer than that. uh, Something like 20 years. Um, I started when I was 17. I found a book in a bookshop. Somehow I ended up practicing at home. Um, And I also have training in yoga therapy for anxiety and yoga therapy for PTSD. So yoga is an ancient practice. And it has its roots in India, and it also um, has roots back in Egypt that predate its Indian roots. So yes, uh, African yoga did come before. It's not a religious practice, and yoga therapy for anxiety is a science-based approach that tailors breathing, movement, mindfulness, all about treating symptoms of anxiety, stress, and depression. And what's more, interestingly, um, it's recently been proven to be as effective as um, for treating anxiety as talking therapy. So I started Mindwalk Yoga because a few years back I recognised um, I recognised I was experiencing severe anxiety symptoms, but I wouldn't have called it that at the time. I was going through some challenges in the job that I had. Um, As well as teaching yoga, um, I'm a creative strategist and I was working in the creative world. I had a very challenging boss at the time, working in a very hectic agency. Maybe some of you can relate. Um, And I was feeling very out of place. I was lacking confidence. He was a nightmare. He was very 
difficult to work with, belittled me in meetings, that resulted in me having a shaky voice in important presentations, my racing thoughts were all over the place, I was just feeling very overwhelmed, I'm really trying to climb that ladder, but not getting very far, my breathing was very shallow as well. I remember leaving the office on multiple occasions and feeling like I couldn't breathe. Like, you know, I had that feeling of that pressure, that feeling I can't breathe. I felt like an imposter. I was full of self-doubt. And those moments when I felt like I couldn't breathe, I now recognise that I was having a panic attack and yet I wouldn't have called it that at the time. So shortly after this, I ended up leaving that job, by the way, um, for obvious reasons. Um, Shortly after this experience, I started volunteering teaching yoga at a Sunday social called Aquaba in Dalston, where I live in East London. And I was teaching yoga to people living in difficult circumstances, severe poverty, migrants at risk um, and refugees. And I realised we all had something in common we were all very anxious. Um, And I started to tailor what I was practicing and teaching to help us. So that included things like slow breathing, mindful moving. Um, I then went on to get my formal training in yoga therapy for anxiety and yoga therapy for PTSD. So one of the things that I found is that we just don't talk about our mental health enough. In going through this training and sharing the practices about mental health and the symptoms, I realised how anxious I had been basically throughout my whole life. I've been living with symptoms like repetitive negative thinking and just getting on with it. I wasn't questioning it. So my journey to understanding this and going through this process of reflecting on my own mental health and thinking about my own mental health. It made me also think about my family, reflecting on my family. My grandmother, Verona, she came here from the from Jamaica in the 50s. Verona was tall, beautiful, amazing woman. But when I was growing up, the Verona, my, gran, my granny that I knew, she had a debilitating mental health illness. Um, And I now understand um, that that illness was social agoraphobia. And that's an anxiety disorder that makes you fearful to leave home. So sadly, my granny died um, quite a few years back. Um, But all the years I knew her, she was too afraid to leave home. And I think about her coming to the UK from Jamaica and experiencing the hostile environment that, that she was met with. And what that would have done to her mental health. And also, I think about the lack of access to mental health services that there would have been. I mean, the lack of understanding, the lack of knowledge about her condition. So I'm sharing the story because I think we all have a story like this. And maybe we didn't have the words um, or the knowledge or the understanding to really understand what was going on. So while we're still fighting that same hostile environment here in the UK, we are rising up in so many other ways. And I think mental health has to be our priority because we are disproportionately affected. And access and support from a white psychiatric world is clearly failing us. 
But I do feel like we're the generation to change the narrative and change how we understand and how we manage our mental health. So our philosophy at Mindwalk Yoga, it's all about empowerment. It's all about knowledge sharing. It's all about accessibility. We need to see ourselves in the treatment we receive. Um, and we need to know it's coming from a considered place. I think that's really important. But we need education. Like We need the words, the conditions, the understanding so that we can intervene early on. Um, we need to build strong support networks so that we can become resilient. So one of the amazing things that I've seen come out of 2020, which has been such a challenging year in so many ways, is the brilliant movements like like Black Minds Matter UK, for instance, incredible work that they're doing, raising awareness about black mental health. But there's been so many organisations that have come before as well, like Black Thrive, Inside Out, Black Girls Camping. The list goes on. There's loads. So at Mindwalk Yoga, we run a range of classes and courses. And like I said, everything is tailored towards treating anxiety, stress and depression. We have four free classes a week, and this means anyone can join. They're all hosted on Zoom. The longer courses we do are paid for, but there's bursary options. But this isn't about a one-off class. This is about our lifestyle of self-care, of resilience, of community, and of supporting each other. So we officially got going at the start of lockdown, uh, March 2020, which feels like a lifetime ago now, but it wasn't that long ago. Um, and we've literally gone from zero um, to now we've got um, we've got a drop-in class community of around about 125 people. And we've got an email subscriber base of, of like over 300 people. And it's all been through word of mouth. Um, so I would love to see you there. Um, forget about that middle class white image of yoga that you might have. Um that is definitely the predominant Western view or one they want, to, they want to project about yoga. It's false. It's not right. It's not true. Yoga is for us, all of us, women, men, families, mature people, all body types. We have a place in this healing practice. Um, so like I said, all classes are run on Zoom and, and cameras are optional. We're a virtual business. And there's no gymnastics, no jargon, no overpriced leggings. And I'm not dissing that because if that's your thing, then you keep doing that. And if that works for you. But but really, what Mindwalk Yoga is about is, is more about no frills, personal healing time. So I use a mix, a mix of practices in the sessions. Movement, breathing, neuroscience theory. So what I'd like to do now is share a couple of practices um, that I use pretty much every day to soothe um, to soothe my mind and my body. So the first one is called Victorious Breath. Um, I use this literally every day. And I actually had a student um, in one of the courses I ran who said, um, I think I'm addicted to Victorious Breath. Um, and should I be worried about that? And I said, well, you know, um, if it's serving you well and there's no negative side effects, then I guess I guess it's okay. And and I think it's because this breath is so powerful. So victorious breath um, in Sanskrit is called ujjayi pranayama, and ujjayi means victorious, pranayama means life force. So our breath is our life force, and when we make that life force stronger through breathing practices, 
we can positively affect our entire world. So I invite you to take a seat, a comfortable seat, you may have been standing, um, whether that's on a sofa, a chair, some cushions on the floor, just get comfy. And I invite you to place your hands onto your belly, to your lower belly. So maybe just like um, one hand gently above the belly button, one hand below, and release the shoulders. That just means move them down away from the ears. Elongate the spine, so lengthen out the spine. Crown of the head's lifting up towards the ceiling or the sky, you might be outside. And just take a moment to breathe into the hands. So you're breathing in and out through your nose. And as you do that, your belly's rising underneath the hands. And allow that belly to rise. So good for our bellies to rise with the breath. Just take a moment here. Eyes can be open or closed, whatever feels right for you. So I now invite you to bring one hand up towards your face. The palm of your hand is just in front of your mouth and imagine it's a compact mirror. And on an exhale, we're gonna make a, a breath as if we're fogging a compact mirror. So it's a sound, opening the mouth, letting out a sound. So just doing that a couple of times, inhaling through the nose, feeling the belly rise, exhaling. Now releasing that hand back down to rest on your belly. Crown of the head still reaching up towards the sky. Again, eyes can be open or closed. So victorious breathing, we're engaging those same muscles in the throat when we make the sound. But our lips will be sealed and we're gonna breathe in and out through our nose. This can take a couple of tries to get used to it. So take a moment to breathe in normally. So we're just gonna do the victorious breath on the exhale. Lips are sealed. So you'll notice there's that soft sound coming out through the throat, almost like the sound of a, a soft snore. Let's just practice this a few times. Inhaling, feeling the belly rise under the hands. Exhaling, victorious breath.
and then slowly releasing victorious breath on the exhale and releasing the hands back down to maybe resting in the lap or resting on the legs whatever feels comfortable and if the eyes were closed you can keep them closed maybe if you want to and just keep that awareness with you if the eyes are open maybe just mindfully taking in the room that you're in looking around for a moment so I'd like to just give you a really basic bit of neuroscience about what's going on when we do the victorious breath so you might have felt that you had a bit more control over the breath so just to add as well that it can take a few times to get used to this breath so if it felt a bit weird a bit strange that's totally normal um, but what you may have found was that it was a bit more easier to lengthen out the breath and that kind of lengthening makes our breath stronger so when we focus on our exhale, we activate parasympathetic nerves. So that's our rest and digest nerves in the central nervous system. And these are all nerves responsible for calm and inner peace. So the opposite is fight or flight sympathetic nerves. Um, and these are activated when we sense danger or when we're in a stressed out environment. So in our everyday lives, you know, due to whatever's going on in our lives. We might be in fight or flight mode most of the time. Um, so a long, slow, victorious exhale can help rebalance that. So I could go on about to could go on about neuroscience forever, but hopefully that kind of give you gives you a taster. A long, slow exhale stimulates parasympathetic activation which creates calm and the victorious breath lengthens and strengthens our breath so the next practice i want to um, introduce you to is called humming bee breath so the sanskrit name is brahmari pranayama so this breath is really good for racing thoughts and for repetitive negative thinking which are really common anxiety symptoms, and they can lead to low mood or being feeling stressed out if they become really persistent. So this practice can help us refocus that and give our mind something to focus on. So again, this time we're gonna have a long spine again, crown of the head's going up towards the sky, but this time, Place one hand on your heart space, so that's just on your chest, and one hand on the belly. And if it feels okay, you can close the eyes. If it doesn't, then just keep the eyes low or the eyes kind of maybe focused on something, something on the wall. So we're going to hum on the exhale, and we're going to do this three times together. So we're letting out a hmm sound. So tune into the breath, so we're breathing in and out through the nose. So inhale through the nose, exhale hum.
just pausing there, maybe releasing the hands back down to the lap. So that was humming bee breath. So when we hum, we're, we're exhaling, it's an exhale. And when we're exhaling, we're activating this calming energy. So the extra bit of neuroscience um, that's quite useful to know here is that with an extended exhale, we're stimulating parasympathetic activation, so that's rest and digest. And we're stimulating the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is our, long, is our longest cranial nerve. It goes from our brain to our gut. It passes through nearly every vital organ. So when we exhale, we activate, we stimulate the vagus nerve. And this vagus nerve is sending this rest and digest calming energy, everything from our brain, to, from our racing thoughts in our brain, repetitive negative thinking, down through the throat, through the heart, all the way down to the gut. So it's sending calming energy throughout the whole body. I mean, the same thing happens when we sing. It's, it's an exhale. So it's why we feel so good when we sing. Like when you put on the radio and you're singing or you're in your car or whatever, wherever you are and you're singing, it feels good. And it's because we're stimulating this vagus nerve and it's literally sending waves of calm throughout our body. So let's do that once more. Let's do humming breath together once more, three times. So if it felt nice to have one hand on the heart, one hand on the belly, then do that. Maybe even allow the corners of the mouth to move upward. Inhaling together. slowly releasing the hands. So those were two um, practices that we do in yoga therapy for anxiety, two of many practices. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find out more about Mindwalk Yoga at mindwalkyoga.org. So we offer four free yoga for mental wellness community classes on Zoom every week. We've got an eight-week anxiety management program, and we've also got a new course starting in January, Yoga for Imposter Syndrome. I would love to see you in a class. Plus, we've got loads of practices on YouTube. So if you search Mindwalk Yoga, then you'll see there's breathing practices, moving practices, all tailored to treat um, stress, anxiety, depression. We're on Instagram too, so follow us there, and you'll get kind of, you know daily um, tips and, and kind of info about what we're up to. So one final note is if you're experiencing any anxiety or depression symptoms like a low mood or racing thoughts, know that you are not alone. And also know there is support out there. So on the homepage of Mindwalk Yoga, we've got a link to a range of mental health services available in the UK. 
But you can also just talk to a trusted person, get support. You don't have to experience what you're going through alone. Stay well, everyone, and continue to be unapologetically black and unapologetically into your mental health. So please listen to this podcast on all available streams. Oh, 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 yeah.